Hi there, I'm Rachel Hopkin and this is KGOU's How Curious, the series dedicated to stories from around Oklahoma. If you're an Oklahoman and you're at all into sports, this music is probably getting your hackles up. It's the official fight song of the University of Oklahoma's greatest rivals, the University of Texas, and it's played at every football match between the so-called Sooners and the Texas Longhorns. So it came as news to learn that the Texas Longhorn breed of cattle actually owes its survival in large part to Oklahoma. I spot a Longhorn. I'm at the Molly Spencer farm in Yukon. It's an educational establishment and animal sanctuary, and I'm being shown around by Emma Newbury Davis and Milo Bardwell. Among the latest animals to take up residence are a pair of Texas Longhorns, a mother and son called Marianne and Rusty. How you doing, Marianne? Huh? Hello, Marianne. Oh, she's getting used to you, Milo. How long have they been here? It's not that long, is it? They've been here since August of last year. Okay. What is a cow's gestation period? What is a cow's gestation period? 10 months. Yeah, so we got her pregnant. Well, we got her and she was pregnant. <laughs> you did yeah, not. So I did not get her pregnant. <laughs> and then he was born in the middle of January. That he that Emma just referred to is Spencer, a beautiful longhorn bull calf. Soon after he was born, KGOU received a press release announcing the happy event. So when my colleague told me about the press release that was talking about Oklahoma's story with the Longhorns, I read it and it says, I've got a baby Longhorn. It's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'm out there. <laughs> that is kind of true since it's part of the Rachel Hopkin philosophy of life that there are few situations that are not improved by the presence of baby animals. However, it was something else in the release that caught my attention vis-a-vis -vis how curious. Here's Emma. So when we got the Longhorns, we got their Longhorn paperwork. And through that, we learned that Marianne had been part of the Wichita Wildlife Refuge herd. And then we realized that the reason that the Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge herd exists is because the Longhorn was on the verge of going extinct. I believe it was the U.S. government decided to make a herd take them to the refuge and essentially try to preserve the breed. Again, the first place that comes to my mind when thinking Texas Longhorn is Texas. It's one of the most recognized symbols of the state. Yet Oklahoma did indeed play a crucial role in saving the breed from extinction. That fact may not be widely known generally, but it is well recognized in Longhorn circles. For example, the website of the Texas Longhorn Breeders Association of America confirms that the Wichita herd was the first created with the sole purpose of their conservation. So off I set to visit the Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge to find out more. An ancient longhorn bovine, dying down by the river. Along the way, I listened to this song, which is called The Last Longhorn. It was written back in the 1930s by Carl Sprague. The performer here is Skip Gorman. For if they do try to eat me, they mighty quick will see that my bones and hide be petrified, they'll find no beef on me. After hearing it several times over, I started to feel pretty maudlin. But that quickly changed once I got to the refuge and met up with Quentin Smith, who works there. So uh, we're going to go across the refuge and we're going to go see the Texas Longhorn cattle. Yay! And are they easy to find? 
Most days they are. Now, we are a wildlife refuge. We don't keep them caged up. They're free to roam the entire 60,000 acres of the refuge. Quentin said that the refuge receives around 2 million visitors a year, many of whom also go off in search of Texas longhorns. They're not as docile as one might think, though. I mean, if I'd worked with cattle at home, and when I got on the refuge, I thought working with the longhorn would be the same as working with any other breed of cattle. And the longhorn, they don't respond the same to pressure. You know, we were sorting cows and calves, and I jumped down, and I wasn't on the ground probably 10 seconds and this mama cow ran me up and out of the pen and all the guys standing around here were like, Quentin, you cannot do that. So they've got a higher temperament than some of the other cattle breeds you've been with. A few minutes later, we struck gold. Right now, you're looking at probably a herd of 50 animals, maybe a little more. And you've got some <gasps> cows, calves, some really new young calves, it looks like. Can we go and look at them? Yeah. There's a fence between see, us, so, so we should be safe. Yeah, we'll get out. And, you know, if we start to disturb their behavior and they start to move around, then okay. we're getting too close. You see this black and white cow nursing this red and white calf and the speckles on them, you know, the, the pattern of the speckles are about the same, but the colors are totally different. The variations in the color patterns of the Texas Longhorn are, have always been really, really neat to me. I mean, you see other breeds and, you know, all the cattle are red or all the cattle are black or all the cattle are white. You just don't get that with the Texas Longhorn. You get that menagerie of colors and breakups and spots and stripes and solids. To learn more about how this Texas Longhorn herd came to be here and about the refuge itself, I stopped off at its visitor's center. It was July 4th, 1901. In a month, the Oklahoma Indian Territory would be open for settlement. At the last minute, President McKinley signed a proclamation setting aside 60,000 acres of the Wichita Mountains as a forest and game preserve. Now known as the Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge, it ranks as one of the oldest preserves on Earth. Donna Phillips is one of the refuge's longest serving volunteers. The original cattle were brought here in 1521 from Spain. The cattle were brought into Mexico and then from Mexico up into South Texas and they were all coal black. That original Texas herd consisted of 200 cattle and it was the foundation for the Texas Longhorn which emerged as a distinct breed by the mid 1800s and numbered in the millions. Dan McDonald is a wildlife biologist at the refuge. The longhorn is a very hardy animal. It can live in very dry, rough terrain and do just fine. The more domestic or European type breeds need a bit more hands-on vaccinations. You might need to help them pull calves as they give birth. You could probably turn a longhorn out in a parking lot and it would be just fine. It was because longhorns were so plentiful and robust that they became the primary stock of the cattle drives which were common during the 19th century, many of which were more than a thousand miles long. It's estimated that 10 million had been driven out of Texas by 1889, but that is not why the longhorn was almost extinct a few decades later. Instead, it was because they were being so actively interbred with other types of cattle. When those cattle would 
breed with the longhorn, you would lose those characteristics of what a true-to-type longhorn would look like. Was there any reason why they would interbreed? Were there qualities in these other breeds of cattle that were seen to be more favorable? A longhorn is a fairly rangy, skinny animal. That was why they had some of that influence. You just try to get a beefier animal so that when you butchered them, it gave you more meat in return. By the mid-1920s, the plight of the longhorn was well recognized. A 1927 New York Times article described the breed's doom as being sealed. Thankfully, that was the same year that longhorn conservation got underway at the refuge. A ranger here called Earl Drummond is credited with the original idea. Once the 69th Congress approved that $3,000 be set aside to cover the costs of bringing the herd to the Wichita Mountains, things really got moving. Donna and Dan told me more. We had some of our personnel go into the Rio Grande Valley and South Texas, and they surveyed 30,000 head, and they selected 30 that showed the strongest, purest characteristic of the original Longhorn. The qualities they looked for would be the color of them, their overall body characteristics. Large bone, long back legs, little shorter forelegs because the front legs carried the bulk wide between the eyes, long head, short neck. They even looked at you know, the udders of female longhorn that, you know, that they had a, a large enough udder and their horn characteristics. Away from the refuge, many Texas longhorns today are bred to have the longest, straightest horns possible. But the Wichita men were looking for curved formations. They selected 30 longhorn to start the foundation herd. Each of those animals was branded, so that started in 1927. They separated the bulls and they started a controlled breeding. And so by rotation and record keeping, they eventually over time bred out all impurities. I.e. any remaining traces of interbreeding. And we have the true pure breed of the Texas Longhorn now. Is it possible that a kind of frisky Angus bull could make his way no. up here? No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the size of the herd is controlled to ensure that there are never more cattle than the refuge's grassland can accommodate. Each year, a selection is auctioned off. Some of the motivation for buyers of Longhorn is just to have a little part of history. We had them come from all over the United States, some from Canada. I mean, they because of the WR brand for Wichita Refuge. And the fact that it was as pure a true Longhorn as you could buy. But some buy one to take it straight to market. It's a very lean meat, but it's quite tasty. Which brings us back full circle to the Molly Spencer farm and its Wichita Refuge Texas Longhorns. Their original mother and son pair had belonged to an Oklahoma beef farmer who'd purchased WR cattle. Over time, he found himself unable to continue in his line of work. Apparently, once he'd seen the affection the cattle had for each other and their intelligence, he said, I don't see how you can send them off to be slaughtered. So with the help of an organization called Farm Sanctuary, all 60 of his herd were placed in new and forever homes across the country, including the Molly Spencer farm in Yukon. Marion, Rusty, and now Spencer are indeed blessed. You can see photos of them and some of the Texas Longhorns at the Wichita Refuge on our How Curious webpage. Just search for KGOU and How Curious. How Curious is a production of KGOU Public Radio. It's produced by me, Rachel Hopkin, 
The editor is Logan Layden and David Gray composed our theme music. And please, if you have an Oklahoma-related question or subject which you'd like us to cover in How Curious, please email curious at kgou.org. From an Iraq war cover-up to towns ravaged by opioids to the roots of our modern immigration crisis, Embedded explores what's been sealed off and undisclosed. NPR's original investigative podcast reveals why these stories and the people behind them matter. Listen to the Embedded podcast only from NPR.